If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Monday, November 28th. I hope that you have fully digested your Thanksgiving meal and all the leftovers and hopefully that you did not have some sort of frenetic, strange reason to go into a store. You're calm, you're relaxed, you had a good weekend, and now you're back in the saddle and ready to actually tackle whatever lies in front of you for the remaining little more than a month of the year. If you have a financial question, we would love to hear from you. Here's what you need to do. You go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button and let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. And of course, while you're on the website, you should check out all the great content and you should definitely pre-order the new book. It's called The Great Money Reset and it's coming out uh, in January, sort of the around the third week of January. So very much looking forward to uh, to that. And we're going to talk a lot more about that when the book finally drops, which seems like forever ago that I wrote it. All right. Today we are joined by Anne from Texas. Hello, Anne. How are you? Hi. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Love the show. Love the bubbly feelings. Love it. Love it. Love it. And what can we do for you today? So I am calling because my mother-in-law, Elizabeth, she is um, really upset by the downturn in the markets. And so um, we would love some advice on how to handle her accounts. Okay. How old is mom-in-law? She is uh, 69, about to be 70. Still working or not? She retired in 2013. And what's the source of income for Elizabeth? Source of income is um, $3,300 from a teacher pension and Social Security. Combined, it's $3,300? Combined, yes. Okay. And what are her needs in terms of the spending needs? If $3,300 
covers it or not cover it? Or what, what do we so, come up short? It covers it, I think, with uh, so her rent just went up and um, that's made it a little bit tight. So she said she has a cushion of about three grand in her checking and that she's added up, you know, her expenses over the past three months, but has yet to add them up to see what the total is. But I think just everything is more expensive. And so I think that's also contributing to a bit of the worry because, you know, she's feeling the pressure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like everybody. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, so she rents and that's affordable right now. She lived near you guys. Yeah. Right down the street. It's great. That's so nice. That's lovely. Um, okay. So how much is her rent? So her rent is, it just went up to 1800, but she likes it there. In other words, it's not Um, worth moving or what? So we've talked about moving. The thing is, so she lives down the street from us. We got two kiddos. These are her only grandchildren. So it's great because she's really involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, we live in like in city proper. And so I think she's more of like a suburban cat. So I think she's open to moving. But then the expenses, it's just she just renewed her lease and, um, you know, it went up quite a bit and I think everything's just expensive right now. And then there's all the costs of moving as well. Yeah. I mean, I think staying put for now, how old are your kids? So, uh, three and six, maybe stick around for now. Well, we want another kid too. So we definitely want her close. (laughs) And do you, would you go out into the burbs or not really? Yeah. The thing is, I mean, she knows our schedule, right? So, um, we got two boys, they're both in sports, like it's just nonstop. And then we want, you know, another kid. So, um, it just would make it more difficult. Like for example, right now she'll like pick up one of them from school once a week because she's right down the street. So, Oh my God, it's great. And she's young and she's healthy, right? Very healthy. Great. I mean, I was like, you're going to live to be at least 90, right? Like Thank you got goodness. A long that's, that's good. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the money that Elizabeth has saved. So you said she's got $3,000 in her checking account, but she's upset about markets. So where is the investment <laughs> account? What, what is so, it a retirement account or a non-retirement account? No, or both? She's- Got some of both. So um, my father-in-law passed away a couple years ago and he worked for TIAA Craft and um, a guy there had her funds, had her money in like 15 different funds. So we were like, right. hold on, let's, I don't know what's happening here. So we helped her. I'm a Vanguard person. Um, so we moved herself over to Vanguard. So she's got $86,000 in a brokerage mm-hmm. and that is invested in the VTINX, the Target uh, Retirement Income Fund. Okay, got it. And then she's got uh, a rollover IRA at Vanguard, and that is 244000 also in VTINX. And then she's got some stuff at Schwab. So she has a rollover IRA. And this one, it is, um, so she inherited some Exxon shares. So she's mm-hmm. got $5,000 in inherited Exxon shares. And then she's got this SSO Pro Shares S&P 500, which is about $8,000. And I'm just looking, I went to look up the Vanguard Target Retirement Income Fund. You know, it's basically tracking as if it were a bond fund. So I'm sure that for her, she's like, wait a minute, I thought this was going to be a really, you know, kind of uh, mellow ride. It just so happens, unfortunately, this year, bonds have gotten shellacked. So year to date, it's down 14, 15%. It will not be that way forever. So I can just tell you that for Elizabeth's sake, that particular fund is going to recover. It will recover and it will recover well in her lifetime. So don't worry. Okay. It's a bond fund, you know? And so, you know, frankly, if she had a stock and bond fund, it would be even worse. So you picked wisely in terms of like low risk. Is she pulling money out of any of these accounts right now? 
No. So I will say she got a little more at Schwab if you want to go. Yeah, um, let's do that. So we had the $5,000 in Exxon. You had an S&P fund with 8000 What else? And then she's got a brokerage there. Um, we didn't touch any of this. It's uh, another 5300 in Exxon and then $2,000 in cash. But then she's got a lot in just cash, just in like a savings account. So she has $170,000 in cash. That's great. Perfect. So don't worry about it. What's the problem? Okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give Elizabeth a little bit of a side discussion here because Anne, you're so lovely to do this for her and with her. Elizabeth, listen to me. You're okay. It's been a horrible year for investing, and in fact, you have a strategy that has done better than probably 95% of the people out there. Okay. Because you lucked into this idea of having ExxonMobil stock and therefore it has been able to be a ballast against that S&P 500 that you had. I'm guessing because that stock you inherited or gifted it such a long time ago that it probably has a very low cost basis. So if you wanted to, inside of the rollover IRA at Schwab, if you wanted to clean some things up, you could sell the Exxon stock, you can sell the S&P 500 fund and roll it all into Vanguard just to make your life easy. You can keep it there if you want. I don't care. The brokerage and the cash, the Exxon stock, you can keep if you want to. You know, it could go from 5000 to 3000 to 8000 Not going to move the needle on your life. If you are charitably inclined at all, that is what you should gift. You should gift the shares in Exxon stock. If you say to me, I would like to give a gift of $1,000 to my charity of choice, use that. That's for sure. There's no reason to make big changes right here. You have savings that can cover any extra costs that inflation has created for you. That's only going to probably be for another year or so, frankly. Does the pension have a cost of living adjustment or is it a flat amount? So it's a flat, but in the Texas legislature, it's something that they're bringing up. Like last year, they got another, like a 13th check. Um, so they just got an extra payment. And then I saw that it's on the the uh, docket for the legislature. So you always cross your fingers, right? But it is yeah. something that is for sure going to happen. I mean, look, I feel very comfortable in this. I really do. And if Elizabeth can feel some comfort in knowing that it's just, it's been a rotten year, it's down 15%. Thank God you didn't need your money. You don't have to take required distributions on the money until you turn 72. And by the way, that may even go up to 75. We'll see if the next phase of legislation changes that. And that's it. We went and I followed your advice and I went to NAPFA and we found a CFP in the area. It turns out he was too expensive, but he gave some free advice. And so yeah. I was curious um, to pick your brain about what he said. So Do it. he said that, um, you know, a, so much of the VTINX is in bonds and yeah. that she um, and that like 20 to 30 percent is in stocks and like half of it's international. So he was saying she needs more of an equity tilt, which I was like, you don't know my mother-in-law. Like, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, like, OK, let me just say one thing about that. I think that for a 69 year old in general, I understand that approach, that the approach would be you need equities because over the longer term and we do think she's got longevity, she's healthy that you will need a growth engine in this portfolio, right? And I think that when you look at, um, you know, VTINX, I wouldn't mind if she had at least a 20 or 30% um, allocation into some equity, but it sounds like she hates risk. 
Am yes. I right? <laughs> yes. I mean, in 20 to 30%, I have the breakdown here. So it's like total stock market is 17% and then total international is 11%. Fine. I'm game. Can you imagine if she had, I mean, honestly, can you imagine if she had more than that? And this year, instead of being down 14 or 15%, she was down 22%. She'd be like, she'd be pulling her hair out. I know. I know. <laughs> and, and it's like, to thine own self, to thine own self be true. Meaning she knows herself. She would probably be like, you know what? If it were all in cash, I'd be happy. We won't yep. let her do that. Yeah, right. We've had this conversation. Yes. But you know what? That 170 grand in cash has really helped prevent her from totally freaking out. So she does know herself. And I think that that's fine. Don't feel like you have to invest that savings. I do want you to search around for a money market or a CD. Like I want it to be, I want it to be used more proactively and try to give her a better cash management system. So do check what she's getting paid on that. Maybe buy a couple of CDs and a ladder of some sort, meaning like you could buy a one-year CD and a two-year CD and a three-year, you know what I mean? And just make sure she's getting paid enough interest on this money. I was going to say, you throw that 170 grand in the Vanguard money market account and given the current environment, you're going to get 350 bucks a month. So look, right there, Mark just gave you a raise, 350 bucks a month. That'll pay for some of your uh, activities and have some fun. And, you know, and listen, down the line, if you, Anne, and your husband decide you want to move to the suburbs and you're going to get a bigger house and you're all going to live together, we'll make different decisions. But, you know, at this point, I think the game plan is a good one. We weren't, we're going to tinker around the edges. That's it. That's it. Listen, if you know that you hate risk, it is not worth it to put yourself through this anxiety. It's just not. It, it, it's too much for anyone. I mean, she's good. Her pension and her social security cover her monthly needs. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, and, and even if it doesn't, even if in the next year you're falling short by three, four or $500 a month, she's got plenty of money. She's going to be afford, she can afford to actually absorb the change in the costs that she is actually um, signed up for. She really can. Everything is good. If you told me that her rent was $4,200 a month, I'd be like, okay, no, she's moving in with you. But <laughs> it's not the case. Okay. So that's my question is that what's like a safe withdrawal rate? Because right now I think she doesn't want to touch it at all. Stop um, it. Elizabeth, listen to me. You got to spend your money. Stop. You have to. She has 240. Hold on. I'm going to do a quick 350. She's got 500,000. Yeah, it's 497, I think. Look at that little eyeballing. If the worst thing that she does is like she takes five or $600 a month and that's all she does, she will never run out of money. And it can be $1,000 a month, frankly. Okay. That's great to hear. I think, um, you know, because we talked about, okay, so we discussed, you know, setting up a CD ladder. Um, what do y'all think about I-bonds? Because we're, I know I'd really love, I wanted to get around the 9% rate, but we didn't get around to it. So hey, listen, it's still sick. It's almost seven. So I think it's great. I would take some of that savings and I'd buy right now, I'd buy 10 grand of I-bonds this quarter. And then in the first quarter of next year, buy another 10 grand. That's 20 grand that's set for the next five years. Okay. Wonderful. Um, right? and you know, I know you said bonds is just a bad year, but I looked at like the bond fund that VTI, uh, VTINX is in and it's down over the past five years. And so I was like, what's, I don't really understand bond markets and bond total funds. So what's going on with that? So it's because of this year. This is the year. Okay. It is true that it's been a bad year for uh, bond investors. It's been a bad year for stock investors. It's a year and we're not pulling this money out all at the same time. 
So she doesn't need all this money. And in fact, because she has $170,000 saved, she doesn't probably have to touch this money until she is forced to do so when she has to take required minimum distributions. At the worst case, that's in two years. And I wouldn't mess around with this too much. Okay. So her, um, one more thing. So like she loved her house and her previous city and she, you know, she's in an apartment now and it just doesn't have the same feel. Like you don't have your neighbor. She loves doing yard work. And we're like, you can come do our yard. Right. But she yeah. that like house, um, that yeah. neighborhood feel. And so she would love to buy a house. And so I was looking at, I mean, it would gobble up a lot of her cash, right? That's a problem. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Negative. How about renting a house? That was my idea. I was, there's some communities as well. I know we're, I don't think she likes the idea of like a 55 plus community because it's that social network. I think she's really missing. And so it's that I'm trying to look for like low hanging fruit, these um, networks that are already ingrained. And so why not a 55 plus community? Cause you don't like old people. This is what my, by the way, my 98 year old mother-in-law, God rest her soul. She just died this summer. She used to say about her own assisted living. She goes, Oh, these people here are so old. And she was in her nine. She moved in when she was 93. So no go on the 55 plus just because I don't like that vibe. You know, I think I just don't know enough about it. You know, all the things you can get involved with things, you know, that kind of situation. Dude, you'll be playing pickleball in five seconds. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, look, I would look at it. I would think about renting a place that's more conducive, but you know, everything has trade-offs, right? Because once you rent a nice house, you're a little bit farther away from your kids. And if Anne weren't such a lousy daughter-in-law, she'd just buy a big, huge house in the suburbs for all of you. No, I mean, really, given what you have right now, I understand it. It sounds kind of like you're in transition, both of you, actually. So it seems to me that there's probably going to be a move or two left in you. Obviously, having an apartment is easy. That's the part, you know, that I don't want to discount. But if you miss certain aspects, I would not purchase another property, but I would rent something just to see. Maybe you like it better. Maybe not. Maybe living down the street is good, but maybe being eight minutes away is fine, too, if you can find a house to rent. But I would not buy because I want you to have that liquidity, that that access to the cash is big for you. Very good. Very, very good. That's what saves you right now. Makes sense? Yeah, yes, that's great. Does. I mean, this Perfect. has been so helpful. Yeah. I just, um, you know, we, it was, uh, you know, listen to you guys every day. I feel like I'm a little mini CFP in training. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you should be. Well, you know, if, if teaching wasn't such a good schedule with my kids, I would definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what, when you, maybe when you're done or the kids get older, you start looking at that as a career option because it can be very flexible for parents. It really can be. Uh, Elizabeth has done her estate documents or not. Yes. She says yes. So right. we've got a folder with everything that uh, we know where it is. So right. that's perfect. That's perfect. So listen, I think that we have a game plan and it's an operational game plan and it changes. If you need more help, you guys come back on the air and we talk about it. And if there's something that's, if something fell in your lap, you, Anne and your husband and your two kids, and you really wanted to think about we're in great shape. We love this house, but we just found something. It has an in-law apartment. It's really perfect. And then maybe you would use some of mom's money to help buy that. We can certainly talk about that as an idea. We really can. You know, I've done this with a lot of families where, you know, intergenerational planning used to be this thing that nobody cared about. And then amid COVID, everyone's like, wait, you know, it's nice to have my parents around. 
or it's nice to be near my sister. If there's a way to do it and it works for both of you and you have enough privacy and blah, 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 because I can already tell Anne's already up in Elizabeth's kitchen trying to figure out how to, how to push her around and all that. No, I mean, like if it works, it works great. And it sounds like you've got a really good situation right now, but if things change and you want some more help, we're here for you. Okay. Awesome. This has been so wonderful. I really appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate you guys joining us. And if you are doing some intergenerational planning, we would love to help you out. I love these stories. They're so interesting. Mark, I'm such a voyeur. I really am. I will never live with my mother. I'm going to say that right now. Mom, if you're listening, which she's not. Susan. Susan, there's no way. Um, love you. It was great living you for living with you for 18 years. All set now. Um, if you need intergenerational help, then we would like to assist you. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. While you're on the website, why don't you pre-order the new book? It's called The Great Money Reset. Change your work change your wealth, change your life. You know, there are 10 bold steps that allow you to turn chaos into opportunity. And that is the core thesis of this book, that you can do it. And listen, you just look at, listen to Anne and Elizabeth. They're, they're looking at opportunities all over the place. So check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Please do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.